We have a very special guest with us in the house today. This is Joey Babbage. Go ahead and introduce yourself, Joey. Uh, my name is Joey Babbage. Um, I'm the executive director of Campus Movement, which is a uh, college ministry on Southeast Missouri State's campus. Um, our goal is um, honestly just to evangelize college students, tell them about Jesus, uh, hopefully uh, get them saved, um, and then disciple them in the faith and then send them out all over the world. It is one of the most fruitful ministries that I've ever seen. And, I, and I've seen hundreds of ministries. You know, I worked for Pastor Jim Baker for eight years. and There was many different ministries moving in and out, you know, that we'd have on the program, everything. And, and there were some powerful and effective ministries. But there's two ministries that have always just stuck in my mind. They're just so powerful. It is Philip Cameron's ministry where he literally rescues girls from uh, sex trafficking in Moldova. And it is Joey Babich's ministry because he's literally on the college campus, one of truly the darkest places you can be spiritually in America. I think the statistic is about 95% of college students leave the Christian faith uh, within a couple years of being in college. The question we need to ask is why? Like, why is that happening? And I, I think we both agree that it's because there is a lack of genuine discipleship in these young people's lives. And along with that, no understanding of the Bible. The apostate church is rising and it is becoming so strong in America. Mm -hmm. The divide in the church is becoming greater and greater. It is. I believe this is my theological, uh, and this is really where my eschatology comes into play. I believe a day will come in my lifetime where mainstream Christianity will continue above ground mainstream Christianity. You do not want to be a part of it. And I believe that true Christianity, um, and, and, I, and I'll see what it says, mainstream Christianity, it'll it'll continue above ground, open, and, and able to be practiced in public, right. you know, whatever practicing looks like. But the true church in many sorts, in, in the same way the true church in um, Germany in World War II with Dietrich Bonhoeffer mm -hmm. had to go underground. Right. I believe that that was a parallel, um, a foreshadow of the Antichrist ruling the earth. And I believe that in those days that the true church will be forced to go underground. And listen, I'm telling you, we just, we sound like a broken record. Get in the word, get in the word, get in the word. It's like, Zach, why are you saying that so much? Because I'm reading statistics yeah. from, from Barna that says 50% or more of all Christians in America either never read their Bible or read it up to two times a year, which is basically why you're sitting in the pew at Christmas and Easter. You're right. If you do not know God's word, then when these false ideologies come in from the culture, you're gonna accept them because what happens is, and, and we say this a lot um, in our ministry, is the church today is sacrificing truth on the altar of unity. They're sacrificing, sacrificing truth, truth on the altar of unity, okay. meaning what the, the, the church's idol has become unity, unity with all people, making sure that all people feel, so to speak, loved by them, cared for by them, 
honored by them. And if our main agenda as a Christian is that everybody just likes us and accept us, then we're going to have to sacrifice truth. We're going to have to sacrifice a lot of what the Bible says. We're going to have to sacrifice a lot of what Jesus says because the Bible in and of itself is offensive. Jesus and what he said in his earthly ministry was offensive. It was offensive. And people don't want to hear that their sins are not okay. People don't want to hear that their homosexual lifestyle is wrong and sinful. And so they raise, you know, hell about it, so to speak. And because of that, the church is coming alongside them and patting them on the back and saying, oh, well, it's okay. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. And so what's happening in our day and age right now is the church is, is just sacrificing the truth of God's word so that everyone around them just feels comfortable and happy and okay. If you add anything to the gospel, is it the gospel? No. If you take anything away from the gospel, is it the gospel? No, it's no longer the gospel. That's right. 2 Corinthians 11, 3 and 4 says this, But I am afraid, this is Paul speaking, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims another Jesus than the one we proclaimed, or you or if you receive a different spirit from the one you received, or if you accept a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it readily enough. Even in Paul's day, you see there are many different types of Jesus, but only one real Jesus, and that is the Jesus we find in Scripture. Anything added to the gospel is no longer the gospel. Anything taken away from the gospel is no longer the gospel. And yet we have in the professing body of Christ, we have many different gospels. We have the universalist gospel, which says anyone who believes in the idea of God but rejects the special revelation of Jesus is still saved. False. Right. Untrue. You have the social justice warrior gospel, which the primary goal of the gospel is to change societies, institutions, and governments. False. You have the black liberation gospel. Uh, the, now, their primary goal of the black liberation gospel is to destroy worldly oppression, not to save sinners from hell. Right. Not the actual gospel. The critical race theory gospel. And that, like the social justice warrior gospel and black liberation, this gospel is rooted in Marxist ideals and divides the body by every race, every gender, every class, according to the cultural hegemony. That's right. You have the Unitarian gospel. Jesus is not God. He is a moral teacher, a prophet, a type of savior, but not God. That's a false gospel. You see, the American apostate church, the, the true Christian church in America is already very small. I believe that. Oh, yeah. Probably even smaller than you might think. It is dwindling more and more because of these destructive and popular, very popular heresies like these. Postmodernism is another one. Yeah. And, 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 and postmodernism could really kind of be the foundation in which all these other gospels jump up. Well, yeah, and, and I, you know, where do all these... Where do these false gospels come from? Well, obviously, they, 
They come from the world, right? Satan will do whatever it takes to get our eyes off of the finished work of Jesus Christ, right? Like that is his goal is he, he's okay if he can keep, you know, if you stay in church, he's okay if you believe in Jesus even. He's okay if you believe in God, but what he wants to do is take your eyes off of the true gospel because it's the only thing that saves. So you say, you say, but you can even believe in Jesus, believe in God, but you're not talking about people that are saved. Yeah, I mean, even James says in James chapter one, like even the demons believe in God and they shudder, right? Jesus, or you know, demons believe in God. Demons even believe that Jesus died on the cross for sins. Now that's crazy to think about, but what's the difference? Man, they don't subject their life to Christ. They don't Whoa. bow down and worship him. Um, that head. So, so hold on, listen. That head, I just kind of bask in that for a second. Demons believe in Jesus. They even believe that Jesus died for the sins of humanity. Yeah, they saw it. But because, <laughs> so the difference between that, when Christians, when people profess to believe in Jesus, they're just like the demons if they don't, they don't subject their lives That's right. in submission to Christ. Then there is no difference between them and demons. That's right. I mean, we can believe something intellectually, but do we believe it mm. effectually? It, it starts here in our head, but does it move to our heart? And the way we'll know that it moves to our heart, it will actually change our life, right? The way you know, the way that me and you can know that somebody has submitted under the Lordship of Christ is they will obey His Word. They will obey His Word. Read all of First John. First John chapter one through chapter five, he says over and over and over again, the way that you will know, he says it, I think close to 14 times, by this you will know that you are a Christian. And every single time he basically says, if you obey me, if you submit your life to me. And you're talking you about the book the of John. No, no, first John. Oh, first yeah, John. Yeah, first John. And then even, and even in the book of John, it talks oh, yeah. about Jesus saying, if you love me, you'll obey me. If you love me, you'll follow my commands. And, and I think, right. and I think that, you know, people understand what we're saying, but we just need to have a little, little marker here. We're also not saved by works. That's right. That's right. But those who love God and subject themselves in submission to him, a byproduct of that is following him. That's right, man. We are not saved by works, but those who are saved will work, right? Yeah, there you go. Um, but, you know, I think uh, even on to your, your previous point is, you know, where do these false gospels come from? I, I think, too, is if you get the original problem wrong, you're going to get the solution wrong as well. And I think what the church is missing out on, what they have forgotten, is what is the actual problem with mankind? The problem, so because if we get that problem wrong, that original problem wrong, we'll get the solution wrong. And there's so many different gospels out there because there's so many different solutions. Um, and the main problem is sin. That's right. The main problem is that we are sinners separated from a holy God and we need someone to save us. And if that's the problem where the solution is, Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross. But if you don't get the original problem wrong, you, you'll get the solution wrong as well. Joey, if there's anybody 
that is out there watching this program right now and you're unsure about your salvation or maybe you just aren't saved and you want to be, talk to them right now. Talk to those people right now in that camp. Yeah, Um, it goes back to, to, to Genesis, the book of Genesis where the Bible begins and God has created um, me and you and all of us in, in His image. Um, and He created us, um, a loving Father, a loving Creator, and He created us to dwell with us. Um, God and man, God and Adam and Eve were actually in the garden together. That's the God's original design, but then man sinned against God. We, we know the story. Um, Adam and Eve take of the tree that they weren't supposed to take of, and and they sinned against a holy and righteous and perfect God. And even that one sin, just one sin against that holy God, they were cast out of his presence. And God said, you may no longer be in my perfect presence again. And so the whole point of the Bible, the whole um, theme is how does sinful man dwell with God again? Amen. How do we do that? That's the problem, right? How does man get back to God? And there's so many religions on the planet that are trying to answer that same question. How does man get back to God? And what we see is what God does uh, is he sends his son. He sends his only begotten son. And what that son does, Jesus Christ is he lives a perfect life. The perfect life that every single one of us was supposed to live, but we couldn't. And because of that perfect life, because of the righteousness that Christ had, he actually deserved and was the only one that deserved heaven. And what Jesus does is he obeys the Father even to the point of his death. And he dies on a cross. It says in Galatians 3 that Cursed is everyone that is hung on a tree. See, we were all cursed. We were cursed by sin. And on the cross, Jesus Christ takes that curse from us. He bears the weight of sinful man on his shoulders and he dies. He actually takes the wrath of God that we were supposed to take for all of eternity in hell. And he takes it on the cross for my sake and for your sake for anyone that would believe. See, what happens is on the cross, Jesus Christ gives us all of his righteousness, all of his perfection, all of his goodness, and he uh, takes on all of our sin. All the sin that we were supposed to pay for in hell, Jesus takes it in the three hours that he's on the cross. He dies, and three days later, he raises again, proclaiming victory over sin and death. And Jesus says, for whoever would believe in me will be saved. See, like Zach said, we are not saved by works. We are saved by one thing. We are saved by believing in the finished, righteous work of Jesus Christ on the cross, and that alone. There is no other name under heaven by which man can be saved. And I would just encourage you, the book of Hebrews says, it is appointed for every man to die once and then comes judgment. Me, Zach, and every single one of you watching, we're all gonna die. And it says, after we die, then comes judgment. 
and we're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ, and we're either going to be guilty or not guilty. There's two verdicts, guilty or not guilty. For all those who are guilty will spend an eternity in hell. And for those who are not guilty, they will spend an eternity in heaven. And for those who are not guilty, those are the ones that have put their faith and trust in the righteous work of Jesus Christ. So it's not, it's not those that are good people and give a lot of money to charities no. or do a lot of great things or live a pretty moralistic life are they guilty without Christ? Yeah, yeah, they all are guilty. Paul makes it very clear in the book of Romans that there is no such thing as a good person. Um, you know, besides Christ, uh, there is no one good, not even one. No one is righteous. No, not one. There, um, none of us are good. And there's nothing we can do to earn our way into heaven. But that's the beauty of the gospel. Every other religion on the planet says, do, 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 and then maybe you'll get something at the end. Christianity says, no, there's nothing you could do. The work's already been done. Believe in it, and you will get heaven. I mean, it's, it's the best. It's why they call it the gospel, right? It's the good news. It's the best news on the planet that those who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ can be saved from their sin and spend an eternity in heaven with God. Amen, amen, amen. And it is the gospel. There's nothing before it nope. or after it. Nope. Like I said, it's not the universal social justice warrior, right. black liberation, critical race theory, none of those gospels. That's right. The Amen. Unitarian gospel, the New Age gospel, the progressive or postmodern gospel, it's not the prosperity gospel, mm -hmm. it's just the gospel. The gospel. And it's right. the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you right now, let me ask you a question. Whenever you, when God saves you, should you you know, be expecting never to have a headache again. Pray praise in the Lord that is he going to make you rich and happy all your life? Uh, you know, no sickness, no disease. Should we be expecting a prosperity type of gospel? What what should we expect moving forward? Yeah, we. I mean, we know that's that's not true, and and I, we know that the prosperity gospel is very prevalent in our our day and age and in our culture, and it's. It's just a heresy. Um, it's a heresy, and it's a, it's a way to get our eyes off of the finished work of Christ, honestly. And, you know, there's there's one big problem with the prosperity gospel, and that's actually the life of Jesus. Um, and what I mean by that is uh, when we talk about Jesus, who was the perfect son of God, um, he didn't even have a place to lay his head, right? Um, and not only that, um, he had to suffer and he had to die. The other, the second big problem with the prosperity gospel is the apostles. <laughs> All of them suffered um, a lot and actually died for their faith. And so Jesus yeah. promises us. It's, it's what's crazy about the prosperity gospel. If you read the New Testament, Jesus promises us that we're going to suffer. He promises that life's going to be hard. He says that trials will come, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. He yeah. promises us that, that bad things are going to happen, but, but what he promises us is there is an inheritance waiting for you in heaven. Yeah. The best life for us is not now, right? That's right. The best life for us is in the next life. It's in heaven. That's what we're waiting for. We're just aliens here. That's right. right? Like, this isn't our home. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to spend an eternity with God in heaven. That's 
where we actually, you know, that's what we're supposed to be, you know? Yeah, that's right. We are pilgrims. That's right. Getting from point A to point B. That's right. Amen. Trying to take as many people to heaven with us that's as possible. Right. That's that right. That is the objective of this life. Amen. And here's the thing. A lot of you actually go to prosperity churches and you don't think you do. You think, well, my preacher doesn't always preach about getting rich and he doesn't, and he hasn't went out and bought a Lamborghini, <laughs> right? No, it, it doesn't always look like that. At its heart, the prosperity gospel is, is, is this message. It's God ultimately wants you to be happy in this life and will protect you from any and all tribulation or suffering. That's the prosperity gospel. There's a major church in town that a lot of people go to that the preachers don't drive fancy cars. They don't say yeah. get rich. Yeah. But it's all about, you know, it's all about being happy. Yeah. And God is here to serve you. Right. Not yeah. you to serve God. And they, you know, it's also a unity over mm-hmm. truth. Right. You know, it, it's, it's more important that we unify over, you know, all worldly issues than preach the, right. the truth. Wow, this is so. Were you yeah, say I was just gonna say. I mean, where that that's just what we would say is man-centered theology, right? Like churches today have just become so focused on us, where Christianity is all about God and worshiping God. And so, I just I think where that comes from, that prosperity gospel, so to speak, is we're so focused on on us, where we're supposed to be. A people that are focused not on us. The whole point of Christianity is that we would no longer live for ourselves. This is what 2 Corinthians 5 says. No longer live for ourselves, but actually live for the one who died and was raised. We're supposed to live for Christ. Amen. Not for ourselves. Amen. And there is no other gospel. And we're just drilling that yeah. home today. <laughs> Amen. Galatians 1, 6 through 9 Amen. says this. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some of some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. They're doing the same thing today, people. Mm-hmm. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one preached to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than that, that other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. So all of the churches and all of the pulpits of America and around the world that are preaching anything other than the pure unadulterated gospel, all those other gospels we have talked about today, the word says that is a warning of your eternal damnation. This is a warning of eternal damnation to those who mess with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That if you preach any other gospel, you will be under God's curse. And that word there in the Greek, mm-hmm. you've studied this, haven't you? Yeah, the, the word there is anathema, and it literally just means to be forever cursed in hell. That's what it means. It's so funny, too, when you think about that. He says, if a man or even an angel, you know, preaches to you a different gospel, let him forever be accursed. And a lot of false religions start with a guy saying, yeah, 
an angel, I saw an angel and he told me, wow, you know, this other gospel. <laughs> um, it just, you know, it's interesting to think about, but. Joe, listen, I want to talk about more about what you're doing. Yeah. This is, you know, this is the second show. We talked about uh, some in the first show and I'll say it again. You have one of the most fruitful ministries of people that I know. And I have been in contact with hundreds of ministries over these past 14 years. Um, there is two ministries that this show supports more than any other, and it is Philip Cameron's ministry who mm -hmm. rescues right. women from sex trafficking, mm -hmm. and it is your ministry um, that you literally rescue people from the flames of hell on the college campus. You canvas that cam campus, and the Lord uses Joey in mighty and powerful ways, and the Holy Spirit draws the those on the campus to Jesus, and then Joe literally has the opportunity for the rest of their college career to disciple them in a radical, radical and awesome way. Listen, so I know you that you used to you used to work for campus outreach. Yep. Yes, sir. Now you've actually so since then you no longer work for campus outreach and you have literally launched your own movement. Yeah. And it's called Campus Movement. Mm -hmm. You're on the same campus, do the same things, and it is, it, 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 it's, you have so much more control over everything. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, explain the process of starting your ministry, what it looked like, and and, and why you did it. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate you asking. And we're super excited to be able to start our own ministry. Um, you know, I've worked for, campus outreach for the last eight years. So I'm in my ninth year of full-time campus ministry and getting to start uh, this new college ministry called Campus Movement has is, is been amazing. Uh, I actually have eight staff that are underneath me uh, that we're all doing gospel ministry together on CMO's campus and it's been awesome. But this started honestly uh, a couple years ago uh, when it just came to some of these things in the culture, like you were talking about the social justice movement um, and having differences um, in my, you know, standpoint, your convictions, my convictions, and maybe some of the things that um, not all people on campus outreach believe, but, but, but maybe some. And um, I think the biggest thing for me is I wanted to keep the main thing, the main thing, I wanted the gospel to always be at the forefront, and I always wanted to be proclaiming the gospel to be at the forefront of our ministry. And I feel like, you know, in some ways, we were drifting from that. And so uh, along with that, I think something that was really near and dear to my heart is I wanted to be under the authority of our local church, um, the church that we our members of in Cape Girardeau, our staff, and even our students as well. And we wanted to be under the, the sole authority of that local church to have accountability. And because we realize that we're just a ministry, we're not the church. We want our students to not just be a part of our ministry. We want our students to be in and involved the church. The, the church is, is the bride of Christ. And so um, we decided uh, last year that um, we were going to part ways and start our own ministry. And you said you were, leading, you, you, you were following your convictions because there was, you know, we're not going to get into it much, but there was some differences. And, and listen, do you understand that that's, that's a difficult decision to make? Yeah. Whenever you are so invested for eight and nine years, it is your means of even support. How many kids do you have now? I, I have four kids four now. Four kids. Yeah. <laughs> and to follow the convictions, because here's the thing, 
we said it before, if anything is added to the gospel, it is not the gospel. If anything is taken away from the gospel, it is not the gospel. If you, if God has not specifically said, stay, 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 and you're a part of a, a ch local church even, we have, we have a several in this area. I mean, this is Illinois. It's a liberal state right. that are apart, and they preach things that are not a part of the gospel. You must separate yourself. Was it scary to, 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 to launch out in a new ministry? Yeah, it was the hardest decision in my life. I mean, a, a lot of, and I, I love the ministry that I was a part of, and it, it was it helped me in so many ways, and, and, and I love the people that are involved in that ministry. But yeah, I mean, having to to think about what what are the repercussions of this, you know? I'm gonna be letting people down who are a part of this other ministry, who are really uh, confiding in me and trusting me. And and I am gonna have to say things like, man, I, I, I know that we've been on the same team for so long, but now I, I have to do this um, on my own because I really do believe that this is what the Lord is calling me to do. It is. It was scary. You think of things like, what if, what if the money doesn't come through? Or uh, what if people get mad at me? Or uh, what if the, the whole thing just falls apart? Yeah. But at the end of the day, we don't make decisions based on fear. We make decisions based on our faith. And we have to decide, I want to trust the Lord. And I'm going to do what I believe is obedience to God. And this is what we're talking about, right? That, that at the end of the day, our foundation in life is what does God's word say? I'm gonna obey the Bible and the Bible alone. I don't care what anyone else says or what another ministry says. I'm gonna obey what the Bible says and I'm gonna do that. And we always wanna be a ministry and I know you too wanna be a ministry that we just keep the main thing the main thing. We stay in God's word, we preach the gospel and we believe that God blesses the faithful proclamation of his word. That's what he blesses. And so we want to be a ministry that's, that's based on that truth. And so that's why we started Campus Movement. And um, already this year, it's, it's been amazing. We've seen God bless it so much. So, Amen. Hey, Joe, just want to appreciate, I just want to say I appreciate you coming on the show um, and just the Lord using you. Yeah. you know, Thanks, man. Always like having yeah. you on the show. Yeah. We just have a couple minutes left. I just want to say that... Um, you know, we, we support, you know, many different ministries, but the two, like I said, you know, we support Joey mm -hmm. at, at Campus Movement mm -hmm. and, you know, Philip Cameron. And so whenever you give to the Zach Drew Show, understand that you are allowing us to continue at this show. Mm -hmm. But a part of every dollar you give goes to these other ministries as well. And so if you want to support this show, you just need to go for any of our products. We have the Paul Revere Report, which is a monthly $30 donation. And you're going to receive a special news report sent to your email every single month. I want to say this very quickly to all of those that have signed up. Last month, we had to update our entire server. So everyone that's a part of the Paul Revere Club, you were sent an email to update your credit card information. And... Uh, and only a few people have actually updated it. So if you didn't get a Paul Revere Club report and you remember last week, please go and update your information um, and, and you'll receive that. And it's exclusive content that you'll receive to your email every month. We also have our coffee. So 
For our products, just go online to www.zachdrewshow.com and click IGBY Store. From there, you can either choose to be a member of the Paul Revere Club for a donation of $30 a month, or you can get the Zach Drew Show Liberty Blend Coffee for a donation of $25. Just be sure to click Select Options. From there, you can choose the one-time option or the every month. Be sure uh, to specify how many bags you would like. Click Set Up Now and continue by clicking on View Cart at the top of the page. If you feel led, you can also give an additional donation under the Donation tab. I hope everyone can go online today and sign up for one of our products. And for those watching online, links to the IGBY store will be in our description. Joey, and if people want to send something directly to you, tell them how. And then also, if they want to write a check, do not, and and send it to Joey, do not put Zach Drew Show. Do not put IGBY if you want it to go to Joe. Um, and, And write on the check what? Yeah, so you could give in two ways. One, you can go to our website. Um, campusmovementsemo.org. You would just click on give and you can give directly to me. It's very simple. Um, If you want to write a check, um, very simple as well. Just write it to Campus Movement. Put my name, uh, Joey Babich, in the memo. And then you would actually send it to our church. And that address is 2911 Cage Road. Uh, K-A-G-E Road in Cape Girardeau, Missouri, 63701. Just send that check to our church um, and we'll deposit it, make it to Campus Movement. So you can give either online or via check. It's very very simple. Or for those of you that um, send checks every month to this ministry, if it's easier to make it out to exactly how he said and then send it to this ministry um, and we'll get all the money over to Joey uh, as well for his support. Whatever is easiest for you. Joey, once again, thanks a lot for being on the program. Thanks, Zach. I appreciate it. And we look forward to having you back. We're totally out of time. We'll see you next week. 